What is this? I've seen one before. Many, many years ago. This is the Journey of Inception podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Journey of Inception podcast. In this episode, I have the amazing honour to have an open discussion with the one and only Roger Sanchez. Roger is best known for his chart-topping track, Another Chance, in 2001. He openly talks about how he started off growing up in New York, creating and selling his mixtapes on the street corners to put on his own club nights, all the way through to now touring the world and headlining some of the biggest events and running his own record labels. For me, Roger was one of my idols when I first set out DJing in my bedroom over 15 years ago, so to have the opportunity to obtain this insight was like a dream come true. So how did this come about? On the 8th of December, I was booked to attend DJ Growth Conference in Birmingham. The DJ Growth Conference was put together by Danny Savage and his team who run the DJ Growth Lab and the Get Booked Academy, both of which I'm a part of. The conference brings together some of the most talented and knowledgeable leaders within the world of DJing and music production, including Roger Sanchez and Brandon Block. I had my ticket and was all set for a full-on day of content and advice that would help me in progressing my career as a DJ. Then, just five days before the conference, I received a message from Danny Savage to the Get Booked Academy group. He was looking for somebody to drive Roger Sanchez for the day. This would mean collecting him from his hotel in central London at 8am, driving up to Birmingham for the conference. Then as soon as he'd finished his keynote speech in Birmingham, take him down to Butlins in Minehead, where he was due to perform that night for Cream. To many people, including Jenna, this is a ludicrous idea. Why would you want to just drive up and down the country all day? What people didn't understand is that to me, this was a golden opportunity. The chance to spend six hours in the car with your idol and a leader in your field. As the MasterCard advert goes, this was priceless. Money could not buy this. So I've replied to the message pretty much straight away and volunteered. I knew that I wouldn't be able to spend the whole six hours asking loads of questions and talking constantly about DJing. There came a point in the day where we stopped off at a motorway services for some lunch. When we sat down, we started having a conversation about podcasts. I built up the courage to overcome my imposter syndrome and asked Roger if I could record our discussion for my podcast. He kindly agreed, so I grabbed my phone and hit record. To show you how off the cuff this conversation was, I haven't made any adjustments to the sound. You can even hear the people in the background clattering their glasses. The big thing for me within this conversation over lunch was that he understood the position I was in and what I wanted to do. It wasn't new to him. He went through all this years ago. What he did do is give me some sound advice. Take a listen. What I found is really useful is um, gearing up to the spoken word stuff. Um, since it's mostly an interview format that I'm doing, yeah. I have I've, I have a company that I'm doing it with, which is the people that do my syndication for my radio show. Yeah. What they've done is they've gone ahead and gotten research on the, the people that I'm interviewing. They've given me bullet points on origin stories, so on and so forth. Um, 
some um, important facts to kind of understand which way to go. So I've been able to review that. And what I like to do is I like to ask the uh, the guests to kind of you know give a little bit of an origin story in their own words. And I think that you know kind of like you know tell people where you're from, you know who you are. Yeah. But the few people who may may not know you. So it's interesting because I find that that puts people in a. It makes them reflect back on the past, and it kind of puts a baseline tone yeah. mentally for them. Because Danny did that. Danny does that very well. I, I find so. Obviously, I've listened to all of Danny's. I was listening to the Brandon Block one this morning, and mm-hmm. I listened to yours with him the other week, and he does that really well in sort of bringing bringing you on the journey rather than just sort of going in at what's going on now it's sort of where does everything there's obviously a reason why you where's the beginning why you do things why other people do things and well it it puts everything into kind of like um chronological perspective yeah but for the person that you're interviewing I kind of I feel that it puts them at a place of familiarity to go back and remember yeah and that, to me, is a great place to kind of lead into what's happening at the moment. Yeah, no, I think that's always... It's, it's that thing of understanding what makes this net, what makes that person that person. And you can, if you're not careful, you can lose that. And if well, you, if I'm going you to give you a, a, one thing that I've inadvertently stumbled onto for myself. This kind of affects how I do my normal radio show. But I find it more applicable with interviews. I treat everything as a conversation. I don't treat it as an interview. No. I like having bullet points that kind of refer back. Um, but I treat everything as a conversation. And for me, it allows me to come up with um, questions just as if I'm having a chat with someone. That is a very good way to get the guest <coughs> to participate yeah. and to be interactive as opposed to it. Interviews could could kind of sometimes seem like fencing. It's like, you know, you got your guard up. Like, what are they going to ask? And do I want to ask that? I let the interview kind of take a certain path. And rather than sticking to questions, I try to allow the path to lead in a certain way. This is for me. But then when I want to redirect back into what my question was or have an outline of what the question is, it's like if you put stones in the path of running water, it redirects. Yeah. So I do kind of like I throw stones and things yeah. when I want to change the direction of what I want to go to. You kind of ask a question that can lead into the next. Yeah, and, and that's always... It doesn't feel like it's it's formal. It takes the formality out of it. I think that's what... When people are more relaxed. If you look at guys like Graham Norton, who's brilliant yes. at this... He may have a list of prepared questions, but what he does is 
he approaches everything very conversationally and allows it to take its own course. Yeah. But then kind of the subtle art of guiding it to where you want to go. You have to, it's good to have some questions that you want to ask, but it's kind of good to let things go in the direction they will and react to it and make it conversational. Yeah. At least for me anyway. Because I guess you, you don't force the answer then, do you, in that respect? The answer, the answer will cut you, you'll get the answer you that you're looking for. Um, like you're having a conversation with somebody. But, but you're not. You get the whole, you get the whole answer rather than the short, you know, I'll give you an answer, but that's, that's there in that respect, so. The best interviews I've had have been the ones that have been very conversational. In terms of when I've been interviewed, yeah. people have interviewed me. Because it just allows you to... It feels more natural, feeling. more normal, less, um, less forced. You can follow Beat Inception on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Mixcloud and Soundcloud. Just search for Beat Inception. It's always, I mean, I've heard it a few times, but to always hear your story of of where you came from always puts it into perspective, and especially to, I think today as well was really. Um, People have read things about me, but it's different when I put things in my own words. Yeah. And when I kind of did the outline for the keynote speech, you know, the my. My 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 um, kind of title for the keynote speech was going all in. Yeah. You know what what it takes to go pro. But as I wrote out the origin story, it became much more of a. I gotta put it. It gives people context. I think context is very important. And what I find that I do very well at is Q&A. Like question and answer I do very well at. So rather than sitting here trying to talk about myself for too, too long, what I did was I wanted to put everything in context, give people a bit of the backstory of me. They can understand why my mind works in a certain way. But what some of the factors were to create that mindset. Because the mindset just doesn't come on its own. There are a series of factors that affect anyone to achieve a certain mindset. And that's been a big. I think that's been the biggest thing for me. <coughs> is the um, obviously there's always the technical ability, mm-hmm. and there's I've still got loads to learn in that respect. But it's the mindset of, of going about it and. Just knowing that, sort of saying, actually you can do it, and those sort of how you look at things. Is, and I've probably, yeah, Brandon, in fairness to him, has been really good for for me in that respect, as to knowing, um, giving the direction of how how to change things and how to, you know, you don't look at it initially. You look at it in a bad way, but then it's actually it's this way. It's, Look at it in this other, in from the other perspective. So that's, that's in terms of what he's gone through. Yeah. So both from what he's gone through and 
Um, so only a couple of weeks back, I was sort of talking to him about so that I, I sort of the venue I'd looked at at booking. We were sort of finalising, launched everything, and then they sort of threw a load of uh, obstacles in the way. And and for me, be, being the first time and the first time you experienced that was really like a, a big blow. And I sort of tried to sort of obstacles. So they they put massive bar spends in, and it was like compensatory. So bar guarantees. Yeah. So that, so they put bar guarantees in, and if they didn't reach the certain limits, then you have to come out of pocket. You have to come out of pocket, and they were they were massive, which is which is exactly what happened with you. Um, and I do think back to that, and and I suppose I guess for me it's learning from it's not other people's mistakes; it's the it's the lessons you learn from what other people have done. Here's an interesting one. There's lots of different ways to go about it with venues. You are on your own venue, on your own event. You either A, have a bar guarantee, B, that you can hire the whole venue out, which they'll just pay and whatever yeah. comes in, comes in. When there are venues that don't have built-in bars and whatever have you, it's more expensive, but it means the upside is much bigger if you pull it off. Um... If you the way I approached the my parties when I did that way back when, and I was like you, you know, kinda like starting out. I mean I was selling tapes on the street, but yeah. I wasn't known like now. So go ahead. And I basically was selling tapes in the street. Rather than buying, you know, a lot of nice things, I put it aside because I knew what my long term vision was. Yeah. And I basically was prepared to lose that money. So, acted like I never had it. I didn't rely on that money. No. That money was not paid my bill money. I saved, I would take the money in. I had other money that I would, that would take a portion of it to pay my bills. And there was a certain amount that I put aside and go, if I make money or I lose money, this won't change my life. Yeah. They're going to different. So... The bar guarantees. How did you wind up um, overcoming that obstacle? So I've actually moved to a new venue because it, I, I sort of got the feeling that they they didn't. But it was more of a putting off exercise as they didn't want me there. But they didn't um, believe in you. Yeah. So um, so I found a new one, which is like I say, just I just pay them a fee for the night. Yeah. And then what I you take, make is what you make. I take whatever comes through the door. They take whatever goes through the bar, and which and is in essence what a bar guarantee kind of is. But this is—I actually prefer that. Hmm. No expectations beyond here you go. Your, your expenses are met. It's yeah. my risk. That's it. Yeah, I think that's it, and that, it gives you—it's one less thing to worry about because you can. Once you, if you, as you're selling your tickets, when you get to the point of saying, "That's the point," you're not worrying about are the people actually going to turn up and spend the money. It's actually these people have bought the tickets, so I've, they're coming. They're, they're going to come, yeah. and, that, and, and I've done my bit, sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, so it's uh, it's it's one of the, it's all part of the journey, and it's yeah. for me, it's you know, it's really exciting. Um, What's your long-term strategy or goal with doing these events? What do you want to achieve? 
make money out the door or is there a long a different vision for it so so the the whole purpose of doing the event was to um to raise my profile as a dj so it right. wasn't it's not a go make loads of money and make it the big thing that mm-hmm. i do it was rather than trying to i think it, it, it was a it, in terms of rather than trying to go into an existing club night and trying to get into events and things which you know is difficult at the best of times mm-hmm. the easiest awareness way was, yeah. was doing it myself I agree you know my in terms of where I want to be you know I sort of said 12 months time I want to be able to play at uh, Ministry of Sound in London that was sort of as, as my goal yeah. you know not you know not main Listen, room but Gary V wants to buy the Jets he may never actually buy the Jets, but having a motivator, motive, some, a goal, is great to give you the impetus yes. to achieve it. And, and but the, the actual achievement is not the goal. Funny enough, the goal is not the goal. Yeah. The goal is the journey. And, and that's how, when you spoke earlier about, when you were asked about what, where do you want to be in five years? And what's the, you know, what's the... Yeah. And he's actually... That's that big thing is you don't know what it's going to be in five years. The only thing but I know, you've got things yeah. that you want to be doing. The things I, I look I look at it as like there's certain things that I want to create. There are certain um, um, projects I want to undertake, but I don't put any expectation as to what the financial return is going to be or what the timeline is. Yeah, I just said this is the project that I want to achieve. So let me start going towards it and enjoy the process. The reason I say I asked you what your goal was is there's a couple of ways to achieve what you want to do. Yeah. So have you already started selling tickets? Um, yeah. How's it going? Um, at the moment, not very well. <laughs> not very well. Okay. I haven't promoted it as so, we should. How much is the rental going to be? Uh, what I would do if I were you is to promote it I would if your long term goal is to raise awareness for you which is or you know basically gain visibility for your brand I'd give it away I'd give the door away I'd let people in for free I would actually calculate how much I can afford to not take in right if I if you set a goal for 4,000 pounds let's say I have 4,000 pounds that I can blow away that's an investment so what I would do if I were you is I would either make the I would do free admission before X amount. Yeah. Right? Just completely free. Everybody free. Because your goal is for people to hear you. <clears throat> yeah. Making money secondary. Great. You don't want to lose money. But I wouldn't be worried about losing money. I would calculate I'm gonna lose this money. No. I'm going to invest this money. This is my investment in my career. What I need to do is promote and get people there. Yeah. So I would do it as a free admission, either before a certain hour or free admission yeah. to do Eventbrite, whereas you sign up, which would be an even better way, free admission, sign up on this, you yeah. know, give your email, whatever have you, use Eventbrite. I would be giving the first couple of parties away for free. Yeah. And if it's packed and the bar does well, let's say you lose a couple of hundred quid. Yeah. You had a rocking party. Next time around, less people free. Recoup some of the money. Or 
keep people going in free for the second time. Maybe a little bit less people, but still a rocket time. Now you can turn around at the bar, did great. Say, hey, listen, I have a great idea. Um, how about if I just take a smaller piece of the bar? I want to let the majority of the people in for free because the party's great and you made a lot of money. I want to bring those crowd back. Yep. Right? So maybe you can negotiate a percentage of the bar. Maybe not a big percentage. You know, predicated on the fact that the door is not going to take in a lot at the very beginning. Yeah. But what you've done is if you've managed to fill the place and you rock the party and people want to come back again, they're getting to know your name. Because that's why I ask you what your ultimate goal is. Then you develop your following. Get the people that are there you know, to post online, get some of the video it. Ultimately invest in the development of your brand. Yeah. That's what you need to do. Figure out how much you can afford to pay to invest that you're not going to see a return on yeah. fiscally. But the ROI is going to be brand development. You know, you can either play for sales or you can play for brand. Yeah. You know, in terms of you can strategize for sales or you can strategize for brand. The different, you know, different strategies for each. Yeah. So, if brand development is what you want to do, let people in for free. It's like the way I give away music. Give away music for free. I sell some of it, but I give a lot of it away for free because it's about brand development. Yeah, because I think that's my next. Because I, I, if you're, if you're not doing well on sales, give it away. Push and promote it. Just go, <laughs> I know I'm not going to make this money back, but if I have 100, 200, 300 people in because it's free, they signed up. They're coming. It's a great, it, you know, and I rock it. It makes a big change. And what you you could even do this. Um, you could do an event, right? Whereas people get this this ticket, they sign up, they get a free ticket comp, and you get as a limited free. Maybe to create a little bit of urgency, you know, so limited um, complimentary admission, and then you could say sold out, and then the next, you know, let's say you reach a hundred. Okay, you got 100 people that, you know, have applied and gotten their complimentary, you know, admission via Eventbrite. Now you could do a ticket for five quid. So mm. the, next, the next tier, do 100 tickets for five quid, you know. And if that sells out, then you've got, then at least you know you have volume. Yeah. You know, so use something like that, that may work. That's an interesting, I'll definitely look at that. That's definitely brand. Play for brand. Always. Sales will come eventually. As you can see, this really helped me to understand what is essential to me and what I wanted to achieve from my night. This really does lay down the bare facts of what it takes to build your brand and get your name out there. Coming up on the next episode of the Journey of Inception podcast, I will be talking to my accountability buddy and one of the DJs for my event, Olen, also known as Matt Brassington. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss out. Do you want to see Brandon Block, Beat Inception, Groove Code and Olem bringing party to Society Bar and Club in Wolverhampton on Saturday the 2nd of February? Get your tickets now. Just go to www.skiddle.com and search for Inception. See you there.